0: Dr. Amata recently joined the Active States Forum. He's from the New Jersey Department of Education, and he was very popular. People were clamoring to learn more about his work as a data visualization expert, as well as his work with the Transformation Zone in New Jersey. And so I had the opportunity to pick his brain a little bit about research and fit when thinking about selecting a usable innovation or evidence-based practice. The conversation goes quick. You're going to learn a lot and I know you're going to enjoy it from the CISEP team with the National Implementation Research Network this is implementation science for educators your weekly implementation science tip to support your work at the state regional district and building levels So welcome, Dr. Amata. I'm super excited to interview you today. Um, You were quite popular at our annual convening, our active states forum, and I'm pretty sure everybody there wanted your email before you left. So let's just give our listeners a quick introduction and, and tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Absolutely. So I'm Dr. Chimo Biamuta. I'm the data visualization expert for the Office of Comprehensive Support within the Division of Field Support and Services at the New Jersey Department of Education. Um, in that role, I primarily support um, and lead our data team um, amongst our 275 or so comprehensive targeted schools to help support data-driven cultures in instruction and leadership. Um, and then also another hat that's very closely related to that. Is of course being the State Transformation Specialist, or STS, for our SISIP initiative um, in collaboration with SISIP and NERN.
0: So before we jump into our topic of conversation today around research and fit, I'm wondering if you could share with our listeners, what is your experience using implementation science in education?
1: Sure. So I think the primary experience that I had using implementation science and education is through our annual school plans, um, previously called our school improvement plans, where essentially through a data-driven process of doing a really strong needs assessment, Uh, with each of our schools we support them in evaluating where they're at versus where they want to be um, in terms of the variety of programming and supports they offer to students academically and in terms of um, disciplinary culture and attendance and so we support them in looking at that data and coming up with um, smart goals so through those smart goals um, they're intended to be implemented over the course of a year sometimes there's continuity between um, different years for those smart goals sometimes they're new smart goals year to year uh, but that's really the strong Um, the strongest implementation work that I've been in support of and attempting to make it um, a science and attempting to make it um, the same sort of process year to year, setting the setting so that it's consistent. And then also ensuring that it's data-driven, it's not rooted in, you know, feelings or hunches, it's rooted in what's actually happening and the as quality data as possible that we've collected. um, That's the work in implementation science that we've been doing um, annually. Um, For hundreds of schools for at least three goals a a year, um, sometimes schools have four goals. um, so, So I've, you know, Overall, supported schools and implementing thousands of goals um, in that process.
0: So, thank you very much for sharing kind of your experiences and your background. Wh- what advice would you give someone just starting out and embedding implementation science into their work?
1: Yeah. So, I guess I can't overemphasize the importance of um, fit um, in a variety of regards. So, I-, I think of fit in the context of um, are you doing the right work? Is it the right time to do that work? And then do you have the right students, parents, leaders, teachers to do the work? So so all of that leads into fit. Um, And I think keeping that in mind and really evaluating if you're going to um, go hard with a particular initiative or program or um, practice, is this right for us now, given who we are and where we are? And I think, you know, far too often um, in education, we have somewhat of a knee jerk reaction to um, a crisis or bad data or um, um, an imperative or an expectation from higher ups of what we're supposed to be doing. And we don't always evaluate what's the best way to do this, what's the most evidence based, research driven way to do this, because the reality of it is nothing's new under the sun, just about, Um, you know, as someone has tried this in a different setting, um, you know, at a different time. So learning from their mistakes is usually a better way to go about it than making your own mistakes. Um, so ensuring that that fit is there, I think is the best way to go about it because you can assure that um, this is right for me in my context uh, for what I'm trying to do.
0: So you mentioned fit. So let's jump into the questions around fit and feasibility that I have for you today. When you hear the term fit and feasibility, can you describe what comes to mind and how this works within implementation science?
1: Sure. So, um, see, so I really just think it's being really deliberate about, um, are we ready for this? Um, Is this something that just sounded great from the presentation that we saw or from hearing it from a colleague in another setting? Or are we ready for this in our own particular setting? Uh, That sort of enabling context as as, CISIP terms it. Um, And then I also think of, um, is this what we need to be doing? Is this practice or innovation or initiative or um, program what we need for our intended aims? Um, Or is it something that um, might have some sort of benefits? It might be something to do or something to expend money um, in pursuit of, but not really what we need for our population of students, teachers, and leaders. Um, So so I think that fit and feasibility aspects are really important. And then also, um, in terms of um, both fit and feasibility, it's um, given budgetary restraints and personnel restraints, can we actually accomplish this? Or are we biting off more than we can chew um, and assuming that we can pull this off? Um, And do we not just have the budget for year one, but for year three, for year five, for year seven, if this is gonna be a long-term sort of um, initiative, um, as opposed to, are we just trying to year to year scrape together the funds or the people to do this? um all of those are aspects of and feasibility i've seen some really great programming um go by the wayside when a certain individual um left who was really sort of one of the critical pieces of it um and i've also seen budgetary issues um stop things from seeing their full potential as well so having all those resources are really a part of fit also to make sure that you can take it as far as you can go
0: so you had mentioned that knee-jerk reaction yeah that that districts have and and sometimes i think about it as there needs to be a sense of urgency around making improvements, right? But sometimes I think the sense of urgency is on the wrong thing, right? It's always trying to find that the answer and the easy way to grab, and that's kind of where fit and feasibility comes in. And so what should a district really consider when examining a new program or a new initiative?
1: Sure. So I think one of the things that they should evaluate um, are, again, do we have the fiscal resources to carry this out? Or can we acquire the fiscal resources to carry this out? Um, Whether that be through PD, through materials, uh, through travel for um, a variety of purposes, but can we carry this out fiscally? And then also closely related to that, Do we have the personnel to do this? Do our personnel have the skill sets to carry this out? I think of something on the terms of reference document um, that we have that um, lists out that members of our team in New Jersey and the skill sets that they bring to it, um, whether from special education and from pedagogy, from leadership, from data analysis, from um, uh, students with disability support, all these different areas um, that come to bear on a particular project, I think that's really important. So making sure that we have the right people with the right skill sets to carry out the work is important as well. Um, And then I also think that, you know, sometimes you push people too far too quickly. And I think that something that's been really helpful with SISIP is that we've been going really slow in the process. So not trying to rush into schools and district engagement and classrooms, but really going slow and really being deliberate about the planning process. And that's something I definitely want to take to schools as well to make sure that they're, you know, sort of going slow to go far um, as the saying goes, so that you're really being deliberate about planning. And so when you actually do get to execution and implementation, you, you just have things just all your ducks are in a row to really move forward.
0: Now, you mentioned how we're we're working with you and you're learning to go slow and taking yeah. your time. Part of FIT is really taking a look at the research and the literature behind a program before, yeah. before you select it. Yeah. Um, can you explain to our listeners what role research and literature reviews plays in the process exactly and why it's so important? Because I feel like sometimes this gets skipped sure. in that selection process.
1: Yeah, on the research bit, um, again, it's a type of thing where um, unfortunately in education, we don't rely practitioners, I would say, don't seem to consistently rely on research as much as I think um, we or they should, depending on how I look at it. Um, and I think of something in um, in the medical field where immediately when you go into um, a hospital setting, when you're seeing your primary care physician or getting a variety of types of checkups, the first thing they do is they collect data both qualitative and quantitative so they're going to check your heart rate they're going to check your resting heart rate they're going to check uh, your blood pressure um, they're going to ask you a variety of qualitative questions about your lifestyle and about your family background all that is data collection before they go into any sort of diagnosis or let alone treatment and i think we should adopt some sort of comparable model for education um and i think that what's really important um there is ensuring that through research, we're able to get an understanding of what has been happening um, previously or what other people have tried um, previously. And so we have, the, um, we, ha- we have the sort of rounding to say, what worked in a different setting might work in this particular setting, but we can t- continuously build from research in order to get to what might work for me based on that fit piece. Um, and again, you can learn from your, your own mistakes or other people's mistakes. It's generally best to learn from other people's mistakes or you know, hopefully the good things that they've um, discovered in their process of um, data collection and um, trying different initiatives. But I think that's really important. Um, and a lot of times, again, to avoid that knee-jerk reaction, utilizing research of um, what has worked in other settings, um, that doctor in that office isn't just gonna try something out on you by and large. They're gonna see what your issues are, what your data is saying, and then they're gonna go to recent research um, to say, this is what you should do based on what my colleagues have collected over the years in the field. I'm not just sort of spitballing here. i'm I'm you know addressing your concerns based on research. And, and literature reviews are very much in that vein as well as collections of research um, for a particular topic.
0: So, like I said earlier, districts love to skip this step. I think sure. it's just that it's that sense of urgency, right? They're always in a hurry. And as part of exploration and you're jumping in, you're like, yep, that looks good. Let's just do it, right? Yeah. Because we don't have time. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's yeah. research-based. I'm sure all that information is there, right?
1: Yeah.
0: What What advice do you have for districts to make a make the process consistent, sure. reliable, and efficient for them?
1: Sure. So I think a critical aspect is, you know, not everyone has the skill set to evaluate research. Um, and I think for uh, for school leaders or at top district leaders is not a skill set that's been required of them historically. Um, it's more so a skill set research for academics, um, but it's not something that practitioners have been asked to do regularly. The assumption from buying, you know, an off-the-shelf curriculum or program is that it's research-based or evidence-based. And, you know, saying that is one thing, having that be the actual case is, is something else, um, let alone research that's particularly um, pertinent to your setting and helpful for your, um, for what you're trying to do. So I think that um, something that's important to keep in mind is that, you know, research is one of those things where it's, it's often very contradictory as well. You can find research that says X, you can find research that says Y, depending on what you're looking at. Um, but I think that it's really important to have a deliberate process for doing this. So as much as possible, ensuring that um, the individuals who are evaluating the research, for your school or for your district have that skill set. Um, and they don't need to have a doctoral degree in it. Um, you know, I took my first education research class during my master's program, but I think that however they've gotten that sort of training, whether through tertiary institutions and sort of more formalized training or just by doing it a lot consistently and, um, you know, evaluating that process, whoever is evaluating the research knows how to evaluate research. They know how to read a method section. They know how to look at a sample and see if it's applicable to their particular setting. They know how to skim through um, sort of a summary or an abstract and get a sense of um, do we even need to look further into the study or not. But that sort of skill set that's built um, from evaluating a lot of research and just looking at a lot of um, literature, um, research literature, is really important to have um, that person in the room doing that sort of work uh, for those purposes.
0: So can you... Um tell us about a time you supported a district through this process. What happened? What did you learn?
1: Um really this past um, sort of semester, um for the first you know six or so months of the year, one of my colleagues was out on maternity leave. Um so I, I took over her region for her and supporting the different districts that she supports in New Jersey. Um and with one of those districts um they had a variety of research literature that they gave to a um they gave to their principals in order to utilize for an annual school plan and so some of the research was high quality some of it not as much um but with that research I think what we did was we tried to evaluate it piece by piece to say is this pertinent to your students for your aims at this time just the same thing that I said before um and so you know I think sometimes Um, you know, research that's popular or widespread or easily accessible might be what individuals want to implement in their school or district. But again, that fit piece and that feasibility piece are really critical to evaluate. So with that district, um, I just try to be very deliberate with them and looking at every piece of research and being clear with them about why it might or might not fit based on what they're trying to do. Um, And then also um, trying to get them to understand that um, with, with the purposes of the annual school plan in particular, what we're intending is for them to say, this is going to work in our setting based on X, Y, Z, as opposed to this is just a program that we think is good or practice that we think is good. We wanna make sure that it's most applicable to what they're doing um, in their particular um, locale. So that support work was difficult because you know, especially with, um, with three SMART goals and multiple pieces of um, evidence for each SMART goal, it's a lot of research to evaluate. And again, it's a set that's not commonplace um, among practitioners. Um, But again, going slow and being deliberate um, is the best way to go about it, because this year in particular was quite a learning process with some of the new expectations under ESSA um, for their um, school level plans. Um, So so we're all learning and learning how to support better at the state level and then learning how to evaluate research um, that's um, most beneficial to them.
0: So do you have any specific resources or go to places that you go to pull this information? Because I think what happens Is districts will start the process, but they only go to say let's say they want to select a new curriculum. They will only go and look at the information that the designers gave them of the curriculum and they don't expand their horizons out So what are some key resources or key go to type places that you go to pull this research.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, I think, you know, the most common one that everyone would know will be what works Clearinghouse. Um, so ensuring that um, utilizing the resources that are there um, that have already been evaluated by researchers at the federal level. Um, I think that's a great place to start. I think a lot of different um, research can be found on the websites of different research institutions. So in New Jersey, um, I would point to a Rutgers, I would point to a Princeton, um, just different places of Seton Hall um, that have a variety of education personnel and they have their own research interests and um, sort of streams of Um, of generating research and institutes and such. And on on those sites, you can often find um, emerging and extant research um, for your purposes. So I will go to those sorts of places. Um, And then, you know, with with the searches and sort of databases and your Google Scholars and your JSTORs um, and your um, Erics and such, you know, I I definitely learned in my doctoral coursework that, um, you know, your your search terms are very critical. Um, and exactly what you what you put in is really critical, but also evaluating abstracts is really important to make sure you're getting the right sort of research. Um, so I would say those sorts of things. And then also as much as possible, I would advise um, not just as a research but as best practice, to not do it by yourself unless you really have that skill set. Um, this is best done in collaboration with other individuals. Like I think most learning is best done cooperatively. Um, but I think that being able to evaluate with other individuals whether the process is correct and then the outcome is correct when you're looking at research um, is really important. So you're not just sitting in a room by yourself trying to figure out, is this the best fit for our school or setting? Or maybe I should talk to somebody and see what they think with their own fresh eyes. Um, I think it it being done collaboratively is always the best way to go.
0: So what else would you like to share in regards to using research to examine fit from your experiences, guidance, thoughts, tips?
1: Sure, so um, I I guess just um, absorbing as much as possible is good. I think sometimes when you're on sort of a Um, a timetable, you kind of make more brass decisions or more knee-jerk decisions. But something I try to do is um, weekly try to be aware of emerging research and education um, through a few different resources or listservs that I'm on. Um, You know, for a while, um, John Hopkins had one going for quite a while, but just trying to make sure that you're aware of what research is being um, put out. Because with the hundreds and hundreds of education journals on a regular basis, whether they be published quarterly or um, semi-annually or you know monthly for for some of them, um, ensuring that you're looking at that sort of Um, Research for what's most pertinent to you, Um, because, again, generally speaking, whatever you're facing in your classroom or in your main office or in your district office is probably something a thousand other people have faced also, and someone has um, done research on it to um, to share with others in the field. And so as much as possible, getting in, um, getting that research in front of your eyes um, and having it inform your practice is going to be really critical um, as much as possible. Um, So I would advise that. Um, just try to remain consistently aware of what's happening in your field. Maybe not weekly, like, you know, I'm fortunate to have the opportunity to evaluate new research weekly, um, but maybe monthly or quarterly. um, Just try to stay abreast of what's happening in the field um, and what's becoming more and more, um, you know, well-researched in terms of best practices.
0: The Active Implementation Hub has a lot of resources on it. Is there one in particular you would recommend that um, users go to, to Mm -hmm. help with fit and feasibility?
1: Um, maybe one is um, the hexagon tool. So I think that we've used that, of course, as a state, we just talked about using it with um, districts as well as we get into our transformation zone in New Jersey, Um, but I thought that was really helpful for taking a really comprehensive, um, you know, multifaceted look at, um, are we ready for this? And is this um, something that we should be doing um, in a variety of regards? So I thought that that was really helpful, a variety of tools, I've told Sophia and Corey this on a regular basis, a variety of tools that they have shared with us, I'm like, this is exceptional, we should adapt this immediately, I think all of our offices should do this, and I'm like, we're stealing this, because, you know, great teachers and, you know, educators take things from other people, and we say thank you for the resource, and for helping my life be easier, Um, but I think that a lot of those things are are really helpful, Um, but I would definitely go to the hexagon tool for a district or for a state um, immediately.
0: We just want to say thank you to Dr. Shimobi Amata for joining us today for this thoughtful conversation on research and fit when selecting an evidence-based practice. Now, listeners, if you want to hear more about his thoughts and insights on using implementation science in education, you're going to want to check out the SISEP YouTube channel here later this month. We had a great opportunity to discuss data-driven decision-making with him and turned it into a Voices from the Field video for our series. So we'll update the podcast description later once it's published, and we'll make sure that we also post it on our social. If you don't follow us on social, just as a reminder, we are on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, so you're going to want to check us out.